This is episode number 62 with Kathy Vines, the founder of Clever Girl Organizing. Welcome to the Good Life Coach Podcast. I am your host, Michelle Lamoureux. The intention of this show is to awaken you to your fullest potential. Join me each week for inspiring interviews to elevate an area of your life, as well as interviews with women entrepreneurs who are creating success on their own terms. Each episode provides actionable tips to guide you to design a life you love. Hey there, welcome back and happy new year. I want to wish you the most beautiful, happy, abundant, healthy, successful year ever. I hope that it's just really just such a great year for you. And I wanted to bring back on a guest that I thought would be the most useful on the very first day of January, which is about home organizing. Now, most of you listening, I imagine, have some place in your house that needs a little TLC. It's calling for your attention and whether or not you're aware of it, the clutter is emotionally and mentally weighing you down. And as we've all felt when we've ever decluttered a space, it just makes you feel lighter and happier. And you just want to be in that space more when everything has its place. So to help us navigate home organization, I've brought on Kathy Vines, who's a certified professional organizer, productivity specialist, and the author of Clever Girl's Guide to Living with Less, Break Free from Your Stuff, Even When Your Head and Heart Get in the Way. Now, Kathy was actually one of my very first podcast guests. You can find the first interview with her where we go really in-depth into home organization, even dealing with paper, which isn't my nemesis. Um, But that is in episode number nine, and I will link that in the show notes so that you can tune into that one as well. But today we cover how to get started. It's a new year. There's that sense of renewed energy, that feeling of a clean slate, and you've got the motivation. So I said, Kathy, come back on. Let's talk for 30 minutes and be really specific about a few key areas to help everyone be set up for success. And as always, Kathy does deliver. You will love the conversation. She's going to help us figure out how to prioritize, where to start in our house, how to keep motivated so that we actually complete what we begin, what supplies we need to have on hand, and so many other great tips. Now, Kathy has been featured in the Boston Globe, Better Homes and Gardens, Real Simple Magazine, and has also appeared on Inside Edition, where she helped a family of seven organize their refrigerator. There is not a space in your house that Kathy is not a pro at. So always fun talking to her. I know you're going to love today's interview. So let's get into the show. Welcome back to the show, Kathy. Happy New Year. Happy New to you. Thanks so much for having me back. Oh, well, you were one of the most popular episodes. I don't know if I got to tell you. Did I tell you that? (laughs) You've been one of the most downloaded episodes because I think everyone wants help with home organization. I love hearing that. Thanks so much. Yeah. I... I'm busy year round because of that same need. So I love hearing that your (laughs) listeners do too. (laughs) Yeah, I think we all need a little bit of help with that. And at least some area of our house, I think, is like begging for that. So because it's the new year, 
And I think people have that renewed sense of like energy and like, I'm, I can take on the world. It feels like a clean slate. And we want to take that momentum and we want to channel it into their garage or their closet or somewhere that they need help with. And this includes myself. I'm not putting myself in a separate category at all. Um, and so we talked prior to the show about keeping this really focused so that people yeah. can like they can go back and listen to episode number nine and I'm going to link that in the show notes and they can go much deeper because we covered like pretty much everything in that, but yeah. we're going to help them with a roadmap today. So I want to kick it off with, with asking you, how do you prioritize where to even begin? Because there may be your closet and your office and the garage and some boxes you've been meaning to get to. So like, how do you even know where to begin? Yeah. And it is one of the biggest questions I get when I work with clients who say, I just don't know where to start. Right. So I'll typically help somebody choose and prioritize on one of three different approaches. Number one, what could we finish quickly? Right. So what's something that you could say, I'm just going to spend a day on one space, one project, one category, and I'm going to get it done right? So you get a sense of accomplishment and you're really able to say, oh, I actually can tackle this. I'm ready for something bigger. Mm. So the first approach is potentially something you can do in one sitting, one session, one day. The second is where would it make the biggest impact to my daily life, Mm. right? So what space is really frustrating to you? For a lot of people that might be, oh, the kitchen counters are driving me crazy, or I can't get ready in the bathroom every morning. I, you know, my whole family's in here and all of our stuff's here. We're wasting time every day. It's driving me crazy. Like that would make a big difference. For some people, it's the paper on their desk. They really want to get work done on their desk and it's their paper and the clutter on their desk that would really make a difference in how they live every day. Mm-hmm. So that one's really more around the importance and impact Whereas mm-hmm. the first one's around kind of doability and feasibility. Mm-hmm. The third is, and this is almost a reverse of how would I deprioritize, it's do you have room in this space to work, right? So you might say, oh my gosh, my spare room is the worst. I really need to clean that out and I need to work on that. But if you don't have other space in your home to move things around to or to Mm -hmm. sort through, um, that's going to be a real barrier to getting things done, right? Mm -hmm. So you might say, I can't work on a really complicated space until I've created space somewhere else in the house so that I can work. So that might say, all right, I normally wouldn't pick the dining room first, but the only way I'm going to deal with the stuff that's in the spare room is if I have room to sort papers and I need that dining room table to work for me. Mm. So because it becomes like an enabler to a bigger project, that's the third strategy is does another space give you room to work? That's critical for you to work in a different space. Okay. And we covered this a little bit in the first interview as well. What though, if you have a partner, husband, roommate, someone (laughs) else in the space with you, you may have different sets of priorities. Do you each tackle your own space? Do you have any advice around that? Or do you... How do you, what are your, what's your thinking about that? Yeah. And when you're lucky, you both have different priorities or, but you're both equally interested and motivated to make something happen. Right. So more often I hear from couples, oh, my spouse doesn't want to, but I, I do. Right. So it's not necessarily different priorities as much as it is a different approach to what's organized and what's a happy life in this space. Mm -hmm. But I do think there are, you know, there's, uh, 
you have your own space. The other people in your home have their own spaces. And then there's the community space. Mm -hmm. And that's where things can sometimes come together with prioritization around, all right, what would we want this living room to be like? What would we want this dining room to be like? We both use the kitchen, right? One of us really cooks, but the other one's really responsible for getting the kids out the door and using the space to do it. So it's those mixed spaces Mm -hmm. where you want to make sure you have a conversation about priorities. But typically, if both parties are motivated to do work, have them work in their own space where they really have a say around what stays, what goes, and in terms of the systems that are in that space, what works for their brain, right? Mm -hmm. So if one person's really in charge of most of the laundry, that's the person who should figure out what works for that Mm -hmm. space, not somebody else who isn't really (laughs) going to be interacting with the laundry. Um, Okay, that's really helpful. And um, I know we had two other questions that we were going to tackle, but I have to ask you this because as you're talking about, you know, take a day or whatever amount of time you have, I think that we don't start because we don't want to spend our time doing that. Like, it's like, oh my gosh, I finally, if I have a free day, I want to spend it with my family, with my kid, with my friends, going for a walk. Like the last thing I want to do is deal with my papers that are on my desk or clean out that closet. But I know how good I'm going to feel after, but I just can't even start. I can't even get myself to that place of that little win even maybe so that I know how, remind myself. It's kind of like working out sometimes. It's a lot like working out all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where you know how good it feels after the fact, but you still aren't doing it, even though you know you feel great after, but. Right. And I, you know, and and one of the things that I say, and I say it to about myself, right? You can't schedule motivation. Mm. You can't schedule inspiration. So when you have that inspiration to say, you know what, I'm going to go tackle something right now, get up and do it. Um, I used to joke, and this is long before I was a professional organizer, that there was nothing more motivating to get something clean than watching an episode of Hoarders, right? <laughs> you watch that and you're just like, I gotta, I, I can't sit down. I gotta go clean something, right? So it was, and, and I typically would, right? I'd get up and like, I gotta go wash all the dishes. I can't live like this. And, and there's three dishes in there, but it was super compelling at that time. But that idea of, you know what? I am motivated. And that's where sometimes I feel like people let it escape, right? They think they're motivated at the time. And they're like, all right, what? I have to wait till it's perfect, until I have everything in place, until I know exactly what I want to do, until I can totally imagine the end game, I have to wait till everything's perfect before I even start. And I think that that's not true. And I think that that can get in people's way. And so when you are inspired, and it doesn't have to be, I'm inspired to take eight hours, it can be inspired to take 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And what can you do in that? And that's that's something that I like to work with people a lot is saying, don't feel like you have to tackle the whole project to make it worth pursuing progress. Okay, that's fair. And actually, I think for me personally, and I think some people are going to relate to this, is that energetically lately, just the idea of knowing that there's spaces that aren't working for me and that are cluttered, the emotional weight of that is more uncomfortable than not wanting to begin. Does that yes. make sense? Like, I am so ready. And that's one of the reasons I brought you back on. I have a feeling there's other women out there going to be listening. They're going to be like, yeah, Michelle, I am so ready too. So let's get this, let's get this going. Let's yeah. start off the year with everything in its place. 
Absolutely. And I think that one of the things to keep in mind is everybody's threshold for that is a little different, Mm -hmm. right? So you might have some, somebody else might walk in your house and say, really, you think you have a problem with clutter? That's crazy. But what you know is that your threshold for what's driving you mad is, is that's where you're at right now. And so I think you're right. There are a lot of people who say start off the start off the new year, especially once you get through the holidays, right? No mm-hmm. matter what you're celebrating, you probably had a little time off. You had a little time with friends and family. You ate a little too much. You drank a little too much. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, being able to say, okay, fresh start on a whole bunch of levels. Mm-hmm. But that stress that comes from being in an environment that doesn't make you feel good. Yeah. You know when that energy is really being triggered, and you know when you can start to say, if I don't do something about this, this is going to go south. Absolutely. And you're right about the threshold. Now we're ready to declutter. We've prioritized at least where we're going to start, and we know we're going to declutter whatever space that is. What are some things we should think about and have on hand to make the process flow so that we can actually finish what we start? Yes. So I always try and make sure that I have, when I'm working with a client, a few things in mind. So the first is we want trash bags. Mm -hmm. We want recycling bags or however you gather your recycling. A box or bag or something for donation. Mm. Right. So those are going to be some of the three ways things are getting out of your house. Mm -hmm. If you're working on paper, have a box ready for shredding. And one of the things that I think is overlooked by people when they get started is I like to have a box for some, a category called this goes somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And the reason I do that is because it's really easy to get distracted while you're working in a space to say, oh, this belongs in the kitchen. You know what? It'll just take me two seconds. I'm just going to bring it there right now. Mm -hmm. And then you go in the kitchen Mm -hmm. and then you heat up your coffee for the third time Mm -hmm. and then you're off somewhere else and you forgot where you were. Totally. And so I don't want people to have an easy invitation to leave the space Mm -hmm. because it behooves them and the work is on them to get back into it. So having a holding box that's this goes somewhere else, that once you're done with the work in that room for the day, then you take that box and you uh, disseminate it where things go around the house. That helps you stay focused. Love it. And do you put on music or a podcast? Like for me, I've got to have something to keep me entertained. Good music. Sometimes it's a podcast. It has to be something, you know, entertaining or in my ear to keep me company. To keep it, that's right. me. Yeah. Right. I think it, you have to know yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, some people would say, uh, I don't want to listen to a podcast because I'm going to focus too deeply on it and it means I might not work so hard. Mm-hmm. Some people might say, Yeah, music is just exactly what I want, but I don't want it to have lyrics because I don't want it to be too engaging. Mm-hmm. You have to know what the right uh, the right balance is between having that company yeah. and still being able to accomplish your goals. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fair enough. For me, and I'm just going to be, this is going to be not a pro tip, because <laughs> this isn't coming from Kathy. I have found that listening to Dolly Parton's nine to five, when I'm going to do the dishes, that dun, 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 in the beginning, that I music, know exactly what you mean. do you know what I'm talking? That yes. motivates me like nothing else. And so I will put that on and it may loop three or four times, but I will get through it and I will feel great. So I'm just giving that is a not a pro tip. 
<laughs> well, but try it's a it. tip, right? What I love is you know what song it takes to get you in the mood. Like, I think if you're somebody who works out or has been like trying to run or something like that, you know what those songs are that yeah. gets your head in a yeah. good space. It's the same. It's the same brain uh, motivation, right? So if if you have a soundtrack that gets you in a great spot and gets you moving, mm-hmm. play that. Yeah. Yeah, because nine to five is not going to get me motivated for eight hours of doing my office. No, but five minutes in the kitchen doing dishes, it's like, it's perfect. It's perfection. Yeah. Okay, now you touched upon something. You said 20 minutes, and I know yeah. you've got your 20-minute attack strategy. I do. I so do. can you walk us through what that is and how we can use that to help us have success with our own organizing? Yeah, I think early on, what I wanted to do was help people think about the fact that there are lots of things in your home or in your work or in your life that you can make a big difference on and maybe even finish Mm. with just 20 minutes of focus, right? And there's small projects that drive us crazy every day, right? It's your junk drawer. It's clean out the fridge. It's um, organize your sock drawer. You know, these small spots, your home is full of small spots that need attention, Mm -hmm. but not a lot of attention, Mm -hmm. just a concentrated focused amount. So I have people think about what would be a good 20 minute attack. What could they spend 20 minutes on and really commit to focus, right? It's you're turning off notifications on the phone, on your phone. You're telling people, Hey, don't bother me for 20 minutes. You don't have TV on the background. It's really focused. Set an alarm, make sure you're doing it. Mm -hmm. And honestly, if it takes more than 20 minutes and you still have the energy for it, great keep doing it. Mm-hmm. But if it doesn't, it's okay to stop and say, huh, I did 20 minutes. And remember, for a lot of people, 20 minutes is a lot more than they were doing already. True. And is it 20 minutes whenever you have that 20 minutes? Like when you're approaching the organizing, I always think yeah. of it being like a weekend activity. Just yeah. because, not because I uh, want it to be on the weekend, but that's when you have the time. I think 20 minutes ends up being something that you can fit into a weeknight often Mm -hmm. or even an early morning to say, all right, before I leave for work today, I'm actually going to tackle one of these. Mm. I keep a list of things on my phone. I have a note on my phone of little 20-minute attacks that I can do because I think a lot of it is also not just about getting organized, but it's about maintenance. Yeah. Right? It's like, all right, if I had 20 minutes, what would I spend time on to go through? You know what? I actually might look through my clothes and see if I want to get rid of anything. I'm going to mm-hmm. look through my tops. That's something that I'm always need to do and kind of go through. Um, I'm going to go take an inventory of all the paper goods we have in the house and see what needs to be refilled so that the next time I go to the store, I know what I need. Mm-hmm. It's really short, but I know I have to go to every bathroom and see where I am on toilet paper and what's in the basement and how are we doing on paper plates. But it's one category of where I can spend concentrated time to check something off my list that helps mm-hmm. run my home. Okay. And in the first interview, you talked about habits and systems. So what you're talking about sounds like a system. So what, what do you use your iPhone to track, keep those lists of what you need to be done? I do. I'm really simple, right? So I use, uh, I have an iPhone and I use notes Mm -hmm. pretty heavily. Um, I, for a long time, I was using an app called AnyDo. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just found that I, that notes were simple enough and I didn't need anything more complex. Mm-hmm. Um, some people really do. So uh, an app like AnyDo or remember the milk or any list, they, they really are a natural list maker and task manager and they can help you keep that and maintain that. I also use Evernote, mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of things. Uh, but 
for right now, especially because notes also gives me the ability to check things off. It has that kind of bullet check. Yeah. It's working fine for me for that. So I'll keep a note in my file that's just 20 minute attacks and I can go through it and I can add new things to it. I can say, oh, you know what? Oh, that's right. I want to get that one done in the spring. I should put that, just put that in my calendar as a spring cleaning attack. Awesome. And with your priority, your priority list that we talked about Mm -hmm. in step one, do you have a deadline assigned to it? For my own tasks or in general? Well, both. Let's say both, because I imagine you're giving your clients similar advice to what you know works, and that's probably what you're doing. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) right. So I would say um, when it comes to prioritization, Mm -hmm. uh, if if somebody is going to say, listen, it's the first week of the year, I want to get something done, I'm going to say, all right, well, if I'm talking to them, I'm going to say, when you when would you need to get this done by? So sometimes you do have a deadline, right? Like I have company coming on the 15th. And this has to be done by then. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, life is giving you a prioritization and a deadline. But I also like the idea of helping them with accountability. So if I have a client who tells me, listen, I want to get this project done this week. This is what's important to me. I'll say, great. Why don't you text me by Sunday and let me know if you finished it? Mm-hmm. So they know that. Yeah. That gives them a little bit of light under their fire mm-hmm. and that somebody else is paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's super helpful. Now, is there anything I didn't ask that you think would be helpful? You know, I, um, I can I tell you a little bit about my organizing challenge that I'm doing? Yeah, in of course you can, please. Oh, great. So I think that it's, it's built a lot around some of the things that we've talked about. The same thing of you start out in the beginning of the year with this gumption that, yes, I'm definitely going to live differently this year. I need a clean slate. I'm going to con- get a control on this place. Mm-hmm. And I've done an organizing challenge. This coming up one for 2020 is going to be my seventh one. Mm. And I have some people who come back every year, which I love. And it's a testament to, you know, it's one thing to get organized. It's another thing to be organized. Mm-hmm. It's maintenance. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I also try and change it up a little every year, not only for my participants to feel like they're getting something fresh, but also for me. And so this year I'm making it pretty simple and straightforward. We're going to do 11 weeks. We start right after, we start the first Monday of the year, right? Mm-hmm. So coming up on Monday the 6th. And it'll be, we're going to go through the beginning of spring. So it's a little shorter than last year because mm-hmm. I found by the time spring came around, people were like, yeah, I'm done. I'm going outside. <laughs> um, the, whatever I got done, I got done. But each week, what we're going to focus on is decluttering 20 things and each week tackle one 20 minute attack. So 20 things, 20 minute attack. It's 2020, mm-hmm. right? Cute. Cute. Very cute. So, but the decluttering is really around saying, Whereas in the past, I've done an approach saying, all right, let's work on our linen closet. Let's work in this space. Let's work through our home office. And it's been really system focused and trying to be thorough through mm-hmm. a space and yeah. more around the process. Yeah. This one's more goal oriented, right? So for somebody who likes to check the box and say, yep, I got my 20 things, uh, this is going to be really motivating. So again, it's a simple approach. We'll, and we'll guide them each week saying, all right, this week we're going to be in the kitchen this is where you can find your 20 things. So I'll still have guidance about where I want people to focus their time and their mm-hmm. energy. Mm-hmm. But the commitment is really that they're going to find these 20 things and let go of them and that they're going to do a 20-minute attack to help drive some of these efficiency issues within small areas of their home. Awesome. Okay. So I'll link to that as well in case somebody wants right. that extra level of accountability, which is always helpful. I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> Kathy, one final question then. What do you see as the most common 
challenge that clients have with getting going and and then maintaining like what are the what are the actual issues there you know one of the things with getting going is sometimes people think it will take longer to make something happen than it really does. So they yeah. say, I couldn't possibly do this. I don't have, I don't have a whole weekend to clean out my garage. And you're like, you know what? I actually bet it's more like three hours. I, I don't think it's the 15 hours you think it is. Mm-hmm. So sometimes because they have poor ability to either estimate time or they just think it's going to be harder, mm-hmm. it seems too big to tackle. Yeah. So I think that's one of the things is people find it to be too scary yeah. um, to take on. So why bother taking it on at all? That's true. And then maintaining means what? They didn't put the systems in place to keep it going? Typically maintaining what I find is either one of two things. Number one, they're not putting the time in and it doesn't take a lot of time, right? Mm -hmm. You know, once your kitchen's in great shape, it probably takes five minutes a day to keep it that way Mm -hmm. after your normal stuff of doing dishes. Um, You know, I think about things like a pile, right? Every pile in your house started with one piece of paper, mm-hmm. started with one thing. And you thought, oh, that's fine. I'll take care of that later. It's true. It's not a big deal. Yeah. And then it's easy to add one or two more things because after all, I'm going to take care of it. And suddenly it's 30 things or it's 50 things. And mm-hmm. it's the scariest thing in your room. So that's where I think the maintenance part by telling yourself, listen, I'm either not going to let piles pile up or when it gets to a pretty small amount and a pretty small height, that's when I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to stay disciplined to make sure I'm keeping the piles at bay because I know myself and I know piles end up being something I just shove. I thought, you know, companies coming, it goes in a drawer, it goes in a cabinet and it doesn't get handled and who knows what's getting lost in there, but it's certainly not getting tackled. So everything needs its place. Everything always needs its place. Yeah, I that, think- and that is a big, and that is a part. I think, but where the what ends up being in piles is, well, I don't know what else to do with this, right. so I'm just going to leave this here. Yeah, give us just a little bit of advice then for people who have children, because you've worked with a lot of families, yes. and so their little things start accumulating everywhere, and so you know yeah. you don't notice they're doing a little Lego project here and a little art project here, and the next thing you know, you're like, where is my kitchen counter, or yes. where's like that's where it's like. Oh, so how do you help the parents then like get the kids to be involved in that? Yeah. And um, I think you're right. I think I work with a lot of families like that. Sometimes we talk a little bit about boundaries saying, all right, well, do you want to have certain rooms where some activities are off limits, right? Mm. No Legos in the living room, art projects are rolling in the kitchen, things like that, Mm. uh, which can help to have that there. Sometimes you think about... um, okay, the dining room is okay for the art projects to be created, but the dining room isn't where I want art supplies to live, right? Right. I want my dining room to still feel like a dining room. So you have those conversations saying your art supplies can still live somewhere else. You can, you can work here. That's totally fine. But when you're done, this is what cleaning up looks like. I think when I work with families who, especially as kids get a little older and they can be more responsible for Mm -hmm. cleaning up, it's talking about some time management as well, saying, all right, you have an hour to play. Ten, that last 10 minutes of that, that hour is clean up. So it's not an hour of play and then maybe clean up happens some other time. Mm-hmm. And so you start to t- teach kids around time management and boundaries and self-management around, okay, you know, I can tell Alexa or Google Home to say, set alarm for 50 minutes. And that's my warning that 10 minutes is left and it's time to clean up. And it's integrating the fact that everything you do, mm-hmm. cleaning as you go, is part of what can make the home feel better. I love that. I think that's 
Yeah, I think that's for grownups too. Like we need to, yeah. even if we know something's <laughs> going to be an hour, like, okay, the last 10, 15 minutes has got to be yeah. that cleaning up. Okay. Can you leave the women listening with, I don't know, your best pro, like a favorite pro tip that your clients love? Um, I can, I, <laughs> I love this one that I've been using with some people lately talking about kids artwork. Okay. Right. Um, I talked to a lot of moms who, and dads who struggle with the kids artwork and everything, and they want to keep it all. And I've done this with a couple of clients creating the American idol approach okay. to managing their artwork where the kids are involved with each week, the kids select what their favorites were from that week and everything else can go. And then over the course of a month or a couple of months, they go back and say, all right, these were your favorites from the semester. What are your five favorites? So you get kids involved in helping to edit their own prolific art collection. Love it. I love it. Although some kids are not going to let any of it go, but that's a separate issue. <laughs> <laughs> but that's part of this, right? It's helping them think about how to discern what's worth keeping and what's not worth keeping. It's a it's a real skill, and it's helping them teach executive functioning and organization skills and critical thinking and being able to compare and prioritize, and they're doing it with their own stuff. So rather than it being left to the parents to decide, the kids are saying, all right, you know the deal. We're going to pick our favorite three. What are those this week? Love it. It's really empowering for them. So, um, Kathy, where can I direct people to learn more about you and your challenge that launches on January 6th? Wonderful. So send them over to clevergirlorganizing.com. And for your listeners, if they sign up, uh, sign up is through um, Sunday, January 5th, because we start on Monday. But if they, they're listening today in the next few days and they use the code GOODLIFE, I offer 10% off. Awesome. That's so that's super generous. Thank you, Kathy. You're welcome. Um, such a fun conversation always. And thank you so much. Thank you. I hope that today's conversation was helpful and that you walked away with at least one new strategy that you can put into action right away. I loved all of it, but I my key takeaway was really around the decluttering, about having that, I'm not sure what to do with this stuff yet box so that you aren't walking around the house like, oh, it's only going to take me a second. I really love that tip because I'm guilty of that one. So all of the show notes will be over at thegoodlifecoach.com forward slash 062. And you can actually leave your key takeaway or takeaways on that comment page. I'd love to hear what did resonate with you and, and what you plan to put into action. I will make one ask. If you've been listening to the show for a while and you have been enjoying it, would you be kind enough to take just one minute to head over to iTunes and rate and review the show? That's actually how more people can find it. And that is my intention for 2020. I really want to share this information with as many women as possible. So that would mean the world to me. Thanks as always for tuning in. And I look forward to reconnecting with you next Wednesday. Bye for now. Thank you.